My name's Wayne. I get to serve as a lead pastor here. This past week, I was working very hard on a study leave, preparing for a new, uh, a new series that we'll do. The person that allowed me to do that is my good friend, Mike Roberts. And you get to meet Mike because he agreed to teach today for us. Mike and I have been friends for a long time, uh, over a decade. And uh, he has been a rich blessing in my life. He's a pastor here in Frisco, Texas at King of Kings Bible Church. He... Um, he also is uh, finishing his doctorates. We're almost done with that. Yes. And uh, praise God. And, and he leads a ministry that is really significant in Zambia, uh, the country of Zambia, uh, called Pastors Hope. And pastors there, these brilliant, well-intentioned, untrained people, receive training from Mike and others that he takes along. So would you please welcome Mike Roberts. He's going to teach us today. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. It's great to be with you this morning. Great to break the bread of life uh, with this wonderful body of believers. Just give me a moment while I get my technology to behave here. Okay. Well, I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters at King of Kings Bible Church here in Frisco, and it is a pleasure for us and a blessing to break the bread of life with you this morning uh, and to mingle our praise and our worship with yours as together our hearts are laid bare before our Heavenly Father, the sovereign ruler and creator of all things. And together, our worship, our prayers, and our praise will go up to his throne room of grace. I am especially grateful for my brother, Dr. Broderick. He is my, uh, shall I say, my shadow mentor. I say shadow because I don't think he's aware that he's my mentor, but he is. I look up to him, and I am so grateful for his constant wise counsel and encouragement. I also want to give a shout out to my brother, Pastor Sipes, whose countenance as I encounter him around town is a continual encouragement as well. I am humbled to be given the privilege to uh, contribute to your spiritual growth uh, this morning. And um, my prayer is that the Lord would use me to do just that, that you wouldn't see me, but that you would see him and uh, in turn be nourished by his word. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, how grateful we are for both your presence and your love. We're grateful, Father, for your grace, for your word, and from your free, for your free gift of eternal life. Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to safely gather as a community of faith, a community of believers at such a time when so many of our brothers and sisters are risking their very lives to be with you and to be found in your presence. Father, may we never take for granted that we have the safety of houses of worship to gather in, and may our hearts 
just as intentionally cry out to you as those of our brothers and sisters in those places where they are persecuted daily. Father, we're grateful for your divine provision, and we ask such, Father, that you would bless the reading and study of your word this morning as we break the bread of life together. And all of God's people said amen. 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 Please turn with me to the first book of Moses, Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And together we will examine verses 12 through 28. And these verses will serve as the foundation text for our morning message. The title of the message which the Lord has given us this morning is Peril or Provision. Peril or Provision. And for context, I want to first begin by defining the two operative words in this morning's title. And those words are peril and provision. I want you to pay particular attention to the word peril because I don't want to be misunderstood this morning uh, as I uh, deliver that which the Lord has given me. Peril is defined as the circumstances which present themselves as threatening, serious, and immediate danger. The circumstances which present themselves as being threatening, serious, and immediate danger. And provision is the action of providing or supplying something for use. The action of providing and supplying something for use. We are all well aware that throughout the course of human existence that there are perilous moments, perilous circumstances, and perilous challenges. In fact, every day of our lives, we need not look very far but to the local news, the international news, and we see that it appears the whole world is in travail. And as such, there are perils in various circumstances in various places. There are even perils in the lives of believers, and that is the subject of our message this morning. First of all, I want you to know that there is a biblical rationale for the concept of peril and provision. And we're going to look first at that biblical rationale. And this will provide the context for what thus saith the Lord this morning. First of all, many of God's servants face perilous circumstances. And the Lord wants us to know this morning that with those perilous circumstances often come God's provision. As we look at the life that is briefly mentioned in the Bible of Samson, we see that God's provision of forgiveness was manifested following Samson's repentance in the face of the perilous circumstances that he himself faced in the Philistine captivity. And then, of course, there's the servant Job. God's provision of restoration and faithfulness followed Job's patience as he himself faced the perilous losses of his family, his workers, 
and his assets. And lest we not forget Jonah, God's provision of forgiveness was bestowed on the Ninevites following Jonah's obedience in the face of his very own perilous rebelliousness. And then there's the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul. God's provision of salvation for the Gentiles was provided in the face of Paul's perilous missionary journeys. And so you can see there is a biblical rationale for the concept of peril and provision. And certainly, that biblical rationale finds expression in the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, while facing seemingly perilous endurance of shame and momentary separation for the Father, God's provision sprang forth in the form of the gift of eternal life and forgiveness. So indeed, the Bible is replete with stories of God's provision associated with the perilous plight of the Lord's people. However, you should know that God's provision often goes far, far beyond the visible, the immediate, and the obvious. And therein is the, the seedbed, if you will, of our personal application. As we face perilous circumstances in our lives, it is oftentimes difficult for us to see the visible, the immediate, and the obvious provision that God purposes to dispense against the backdrop of those things that we experience that can be characterized as perilous. And the story of Joseph and his brothers, which we will look at this morning in Genesis chapter 37, proves that. In Joseph's story, God purposes that we find comfort for the challenges, trials, and tribulations that we, as God's people, face in our lives. For surely Joseph faced incredible circumstances, yet the Bible is silent about how Joseph, how he, how he, how he reacted, how he felt having been thrown in the hole with no water, only to be delivered up out of the hole and sold into slavery, only to find himself falsely accused and imprisoned in Pharaoh's prison. Yet throughout it all, God was making provision. Provision for Egypt. Provision for the Israelites. And provision to protect the future bloodline of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's journey now together to Canaan in the 18th century BC and let's meet up with Joseph and the 11 other sons of a wealthy nomad named Jacob. I'm reading now from Genesis chapter 37, verses 12 through 30, 12 through 28. And the word of God reads, Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. 
And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pastoring the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pastoring the flock. And the man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dotham. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dotham. They saw him from afar. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh, and his brothers listen to him. Verse 28. Then Midianite trailers passed, Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. This is the word of God. Peril or provision. As we can see, Joseph went about his daily life. Everything appeared normal that day. And as such, Joseph was unaware of the unfortunate events that awaited him. Therefore, we can clearly see that perilous times are often unexpected times. While we know from our human experience that things happen from time to time, it is not possible to predict when perilous times may strike. In fact, we have a tendency to try not to think about the things that could beset us. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind, we attempt in our daily lives to walk in that respect and not worry about tomorrow and the perils that could come. 
But yet, they do come. And the Lord purposes this morning that we make those times as difficult as they are, productive times. Productive times in our understanding of God's intent for our lives and in our spiritual growth. And so the Spirit of the Lord this morning wants to help us in that regard. So as we look at the story of Joseph, we see that his relationship with his brothers was characterized by arrogance on Joseph's part and by jealousy on his brother's part. However, we also know from studying the Bible that God used these ungodly attributes to strategically position Joseph to not only save an emerging nation, as I mentioned earlier, but also to preserve the future bloodline of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you know that in our lives as believers, as God's children, oftentimes when we are facing perilous circumstances, the Lord is strategically positioning us to be a blessing to others, to be a witness to others, and to be an encouragement to others. Well, we're going to talk about that for a little bit this morning. Verse 24 tells us that Joseph was thrown in a hole with no water and later sold into slavery and taken to Egypt. How horrible is that? His brothers, his flesh and blood, his familial community, initially plotting to kill him, but instead deciding to sell him into slavery. Ah, but Joseph's seemingly perilous circumstances had eternal life-changing consequences, the life of which will not completely understand this side of the cross. I sense the Spirit of the Lord saying this morning that even our perilous circumstances in many respects have life-changing consequences. Life-changing consequences for ourselves and for those around us who are surely watching us as we traverse the bad times of our life. So as we look at Joseph's circumstances, we see that God had a plan, and his plan was a plan of provision. And Joseph confirmed God's plan years later when he said to his brothers, as is captured in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. For we know that ultimately a relationship with Joseph's fellow prisoners, namely Pharaoh's butler and baker, together with Joseph's spiritual gift of dream interpretation in fact led to an incredible opportunity for Joseph to address the coming famine. And in so doing, God made both the provision for Egypt and a provision for the Israelites. And as modern-day believers, our Christian walk, our 
Christian experience also has far-reaching consequences. And the Lord wants us to know that that which he has invested in us all as the church, as his children, that which he has deposited and planted in each of us has global and eternal implications beyond our simple and fallen comprehension. So would you just for a moment turn to your neighbor and declare, God has a plan. Would you do that? God has a plan. I can't hear you. God has a plan. Amen. And then also declare, and my life is a big part of God's plan. Well, we know that that is true at Frisco Bible because you are involved in, among other things, two ministry endeavors. You are involved in the Uganda missions ministry, and you are involved in the Christmas box Samaritan purse ministry. Do you know that God has planted in your heart a spirit of love, a spirit of sharing, a spirit of provision, a spirit of generosity, and a spirit to serve the kingdom purpose of God so that your brothers and sisters whom you've not met and perhaps never will would not only be blessed but would come to know that the Lord hears their prayer and that he loves them and that he provides for them. And so in the same way, your life has global and eternal implications and that is true and you need never leave Frisco for that to happen. For that which you send abroad, you send in the divine provision of the Lord. And perhaps we don't understand, but one day we will see the consequences of your having shared what you have with those. And the consequences of you having encouraged your brothers and sisters that are traveling from Frisco, representing your church, to minister in Uganda. Perhaps one day, when we are all gathered together in the Lord's kingdom in eternity, we will begin to see and understand what it all meant. But for now, we are the church, and the mantle and ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has fallen to us all. Imagine that. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, having walked the earth as a human, having established the ministry of reconciliation and put into motion the free gift of salvation upon the confession of his name, now, having ascended back to the Father, imagine he has left it all to us to finish, to execute. We are now the hands and the feet and the arms and legs of the earthly ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And as he suffered and encountered seemingly various perils in his ministry, because we walk in his tradition, we ourselves will suffer to some extent, not in total, but to some extent, perils as well. But he's given us an example. He never gave up. He continued to persevere. He moved forward. And he purposes that we do the same. And so this is a message of encouragement today for those of us that are enduring circumstances that are seemingly perilous, circumstances that are challenging. The Lord wants us to know that there is a provision in it all. And he purposes that we understand it and that we see it this morning. Therefore, the sum total of our lives will be brought to bear on the earthly trajectory of countless souls who have and are and will benefit from our obedience, from our boldness, and from our intentionality with which we share the gospel with them. For the Lord wants to remind us all this morning that we have been left here on earth to be instruments of his will. And the Apostle Paul saw it this way. We read in Acts 13 and 47, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, either we believe that or we don't. But the Apostle Paul believed it, and he believed it to such an extent, so much so, that he didn't allow any seemingly perilous circumstance to hinder his intentionality to share the gospel. And the Spirit of the Lord wants to encourage us to adopt the same attitude if we are to walk in the tradition of God's people whose lives are depicted in his holy Bible. Therefore, I also sense the Spirit of the Lord saying this morning that each of us has and are and will be given opportunities to usher in God's provision within a myriad of situations. Now, some of these situations will be comfortable, effortless, and predictable, and some of these situations will be challenging, trying, and seemingly perilous. So don't be surprised if the opportunity to bless others with an encouraging and life-saving word from the Lord presents itself during a seemingly, everyone say seemingly, seemingly. during a seemingly perilous circumstance. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not predicting gloom and doom for anyone's life in here today, which is why I drew emphasis on the definition of peril. Peril, again, are circumstances which present themselves as threatening, serious, and immediate danger. Now, the operative word in this definition is, the operative phrase is, which present themselves 
as threatening, serious, and immediate danger. Often the things that we deem to be perilous are really not perilous. They just appear to be perilous. But instead, they are the opportunities that our Heavenly Father has chosen to give expression to the provision that He purposes for those around you through your lives, through our lives. Now, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ told His disciples, John 16 and 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So take heart, for our Savior also has said, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So in closing, I want to just talk briefly about the many perils that we as believers may in fact experience in our lives. Some of them are health-related. Some of them are financial in nature. Some of them are relationship-oriented. Some of them are career-oriented. And some of them are, in fact, weather-influenced. But through it all, there is always an opportunity for God to provide something in the way of encouragement, Something in the way of understanding his attributes of grace, mercy, love, forgiveness, healing. Something in the way that others around us, as they observe us when we go through these situations, can themselves draw encouragement from the manner in which we approach them and the manner in which we walk through them and can draw encouragement in terms of the future when they themselves might find their circumstances similar to ours in some way. And please remember that what often appears to be perilous are really opportunities to be instruments of the Lord and opportunities for spiritual growth. So when we find ourselves going through what appears to be a challenging time, the Lord says, this should help us. Ask him, Heavenly Father, where is your provision in this difficult situation that I am experiencing? What do you purpose to do as a result of my challenge. How, Father, are you using me as I traverse this difficult landscape to be a blessing to others? And if we ask, and if we wait, and if we listen intently, we will see that in many of our health challenges, the Lord is providing something in the way of provision for others. In the, in the midst of our financial challenges, the Lord is making provision for us in the form of spiritual growth and in the form of forsaking those things that perhaps we don't need or perhaps we have placed our faith 
and our trust in rather than in his provision. Just to name a few. So in closing, here are the two main points for today's message. And I want you to be encouraged by these. Point number one, perils are teaching moments. Perils are teaching moments. Whatever we experience, there are moments to learn and moments for spiritual growth. Even as we approach midterms and finals as students, and those are seemingly difficult times, we can take comfort in knowing that God is providing the educational experience that we are having so that we will understand the importance of being prepared for the tests in life that will surely come again. Even in the challenges of our health, we would come to understand that God has already made provision for healing, either on this side of the cross or on the other side of the cross. You see, the Lord is with us as a church wherever we go, and he uses the church because we are an extension of his kingdom agenda, and we have been left here to be instruments of his hand. So when we go through and we experience perilous times, remember our brothers, Joseph, the apostle Paul, the apostle Peter, Jonah, and Job. We are the Josephs, the Jonas, the Apostle Pauls of our day in the sense that we are walking in the same tradition as servants of the Lord that they walked. And while they have gone on to be with the Lord, we are still here to walk out the Lord's kingdom agenda. So is it really peril or is it provision? Is it really peril or is it a momentary affliction? Is it really peril or is it the divine will of God to draw the unbelieving loss, the suffering to him through our Christian experience? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that we draw from your word this morning. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the concept of peril or provision. And we ask, Father, that you would add the increase now to our understanding where it may not be altogether clear. We ask, Father, that in the days, weeks, perhaps months to come, that you would help us to understand that all that you have for the world is now resident in the church. And because we are the church. You purpose to get all that you have to offer out into the world by using our hands, our feet, our arms, and our mouths. Thank you, Father, for the divine privilege to be representatives and instruments of your kingdom. Come what may, Heavenly Father, we know 
that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we know that whatever it is, you mean for good. And all the saints of God said amen. Amen. Amen.